Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue in his Bear Fruit series by beginning a new message, which is titled The Renewed Mind. This three-part message will remind us of how important a renewed mind is for bearing fruit. The primary text for this message is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there right now, and let's join in with Pastor Chuck. Uh, With that being said, family, we wanted to uh, begin to uh, move forward in our uh, this series that we're having for this entire year called Bear Fruit. We're going to go forth and bear forth fruit, bear much fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the way that we're going to glorify him. And we started off looking at this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. The next uh, message that we looked at, we looked at uh, actually a two-part message where it, uh, we looked at bearing fruit with the ministry of reconciliation. So because Christ has reconciled us back to God the Father, how in like manner do we take on his teachings and his spirit to love one another and to bring forth reconciliation in our, in our communities, in our world, in our families, in our marriages, in our workplaces? How do we continue to be ministers of reconciliation that he has called us to? The next message we looked at uh, in God's holy word was to bear fruit in keeping with righteousness. And this week, family, we're going to look at what it means to bear fruit in keeping with a renewed mind. Bear fruit in keeping with a renewed mind. I want to say that one more time because I feel that is very important for us here in this season to bear fruit in keeping with a renewed mind. As you're going uh, to Romans chapter 12, which is where we will be today, Romans chapter 12. So if, you're, um, if you have your tree Bibles or you're still one of the, in the cool kid community, please go to your electronic Bibles and click or scroll or turn to Romans chapter 12. That's where we'll be today. And this week I came across uh, an interview uh, with Jay Williams, an interview on Jay Williams. Uh, Many of you may know Jay Williams to be uh, one of the most notable basketball stars that came out of Duke University. Jay Williams was a point guard and he was, had immense potential. Uh, He did very well at the college level, so much so that in the year that he was drafted, he was the number two overall draft pick. And he was one of the NBA's uh, up and coming and, and prominent rising stars during that time until he had a tragic motorcycle accident after his first NBA season that ended his career and that almost ended his very life. So in this interview, he was asked this question and the interviewer said this, Jay, I like to give people belief and to tell people stories about getting over stuff and the stuff that he was referring to, things that happen in their lives. He says, we need people at this time to believe that they can overcome. In light of your accident, in light of what you went through, Jay, how did you overcome that? Jay Williams' response was this. He said, I'm going to give you a basketball analogy. He said the great Kobe Bryant helped seal this understanding for him. He said, Kobe asked him this question. He said they were at a Players' Tribune uh, gathering one evening, uh, and uh, Kobe was, was, was in the midst of the crowd, and a lot of people were gathering around Kobe, and they were having conversations with him, and he began to walk by, and Kobe noticed him and called for him uh, and asked him uh, this question. He said, hey, man, what are you doing since you had your accident? What's your next step? Where are we going? 
And Jay Williams started to process something else in his mind and said to Kobe, no, no, Kobe said, no, 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 what's really going on? What is your next step? What do you got? Like, what's, what's happening now? And he said, he confirmed to him, he said, I have to believe this, that it happened. He said, I can't change that. So it's up to me to use what happened to me to build me instead of defeat me. Things happen to everybody in their lives. Things happen with me and my wife and I have to battle through a lot of things with her and I respect her because she challenges me and it forces me to get outside of myself and this happened to me because I needed to learn this lesson. He said learning the lesson was one thing but following through on it was something different. And he said right? He said, but following through on it has been the thing that has challenged me. It's changed me as a person because now I look at life for what I have instead of what was taken away. He, go, he went on to say, for the longest time, I wanted to be LeBron. Like I wanted to compete against MJ. I wanted to go against uh, Allen Iverson's throat. I wanted to go against everybody, right? But he said, that wasn't my course. I had to accept that. But the quicker I accepted that and learned how to use that to my advantage because it built me up because I gained from that experience because what I gained from that experience, excuse me, was a changed mindset. And that mindset was everything. So the question I would like to pose to us today is, what is your current mindset? How is your mindset these days? Do you have a mindset that is overwhelmed by life? Or do you have a mindset that is overwhelmed by the author of life who gives you his strength to endure, to persevere, and to overcome? Jay Williams said, the thing that happened to me, now that I've learned the lesson from it, it didn't come to, to defeat me, it came to build me. He wrote a book entitled Life is Not an Accident, and in this book, he talks about reinventing himself. He said he was a basketball star with promise. Now he lives a life as a basketball analyst and journalist, and he's doing very well at this. And he would say in an interview uh, shortly after that book came out, he would say, for me, it was reinventing myself after basketball. And he said, this is relatable for everyone. He said, you're on Wall Street and you lose your job or your mother going through a divorce? How do you pick up the pieces and use the people around you that love you to help you find that new person in yourself? He said, I have some down days, but there's this new zest for life. He said, I almost passed away at 21. He said, I could have been an amputee. Life changes like that. So he said, enjoy the moment, keep fighting, and this mindset now is part of his new DNA. Today, family, I don't wanna necessarily talk about reinvention. I wanna talk about renewal, and specifically renewal of our minds. You see, almost approximately, approximately one year ago, uh, I was just getting back um, in North Carolina from a conference, um, uh, growing me in my effort to be a communicator and advancing his gospel in this way. And it was right on the heels of that, right at the very end of that, that we entered into what's now known as our pandemic. So we're almost one year officially to the mark where it was declared for us, not just as a nation, but the entire world, that we were in a global pandemic and everything was going to be shut down. 
And that pandemic has affected all of us in a number of ways. And for many of us, it has developed a mindset of defeat, a mindset of a distress, a mindset of despair. Things that have, we have lost in this season, things that have just simply overwhelmed us to the point where we feel like we just no longer know what to do, how to do it, where to turn for strength, where to turn for joy, where to turn for hope. So a lot has happened since then, and it's worth us now to do a biblical assessment of how we are doing. You hear one of our core values here at Rebuild is about biblical authority, and we read the Bible, and the Bible reads us. And so as we've been going through our Bible reading plan, I hope you've been able to see the light of the Lord through his holy word shining his, his holy light on us to expose or reveal to us those things that may be keeping us from running this race with endurance. And so, family, I want to serve in a way on this Sunday morning to help you believe as well. Just like the interviewer was, was hoping to do through Jay Williams' testimony, I want to do that as well for us today, to point you back to the true source, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, so that you can believe. The Bible says in John chapter 20, he says, these things were written so that you might believe. I want you to have hope. I want you to be stronger after this moment. And I want you to do like Jay Williams says, like to take this lesson and not just, not just receive it, but to respond to it, to, to apply what you hear. Not to just hoard it in, but to take it and then apply it to your life. So I want to serve in a way on this Sunday morning to help you believe that what has gone on your life, gone on in your life is to build you and not to defeat you. That in Christ, we are truly more than a conqueror through him who loved us. He loved us first and he loved us best. That we can endure, that we can do all things through Christ because he gives, he gives us his strength to endure, to persevere, and to overcome. That in him we can be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That Christ really does keep us in his perfect peace as we make the decision, listen, as we make the decision to keep our minds stayed on him. So for our parents who have been struggling in this pandemic season, this is for you. For you small business owner trying to survive and thrive in this season, this is for you. For you married couples, those who are seeking to be married, don't want to be married, and the rest and the list goes on and on, this is for you. For those of you who are in school, whether you're young or old, this is for you. We're going to look at a familiar passage of scripture as I stated to you in Romans chapter 12 with other supporting verses to help us begin or continue in the renewal process of our minds. So with that being said, Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 2, and I'm reading today from the New International Version. I'm going to read today from the New International Version. Verse 1 reads this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer or present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed, listen, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, 
pleasing, and perfect will. Let me read it one more time. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, listen to this, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Family, there are three, three observations that I want to provide to us out of these two verses. Three, three observations that I would like for us to see today. Um, the first thing I want us to see is the apostles plea, the apostles plea. We're going to look at this in the first part of the, the first half of the first verse. So consider this 1A, verse 1A. We want to hear the apostles plea. I want to give you a little context about the book of Romans first. So one of the most important ideas in Romans is that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ is not just the way that we begin in Christ. It's also the way that we grow in Christ. The good news of Jesus Christ is just not how we start. It's also how we continue and how we finish. You see, this gift of grace through faith that he builds this loving, rich argument for in the first 11 chapters, so much so that uh, uh, the, the, the letter uh, of Romans that the Apostle Paul writes, it's so rich in its theology. It's so well argued that there are actual law schools that have studied the way the Apostle argues and gives defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the first 11 chapters, he builds this great argument this great defense for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The last five chapters of Romans, he leads us into practical application. How do we apply this gift of grace, this great gift of salvation that we have in our lives? And so he starts this off in Romans chapter 12. So he builds this great majestic argument for the gospel of Jesus Christ in the first 11 chapters, how it first came to the Jews and the Jews rejected it. Then it came to the Gentiles and then it looks at the, 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 the unrighteousness of all mankind and then begins this great uh, uh, oratorical defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ and leads us to a place of understanding that it is grace through faith that we are saved and it's not that works that we can boast that he would write to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 2. But he creates this beautifully in the first 11 chapters of Romans. As he unpacks that, he allows us to know that God accepts us not because of what we do or don't do, but because of what Jesus has done and continues to do for us. And what Jesus has done for us, he offers to us as a gift. You see, this message of the gospel, it separates uh, us uh, or separates this from every other religious message that is out there. This message of the gospel is uniquely distinct. It is different. You see, every religion in the world, except for the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, operates according to, some, uh, to this claim in some fashion. I obey, therefore I am accepted. The gospel flips that upside on its head and says, I am accepted, therefore I obey. I obey, therefore I am forgiven. 
I am forgiven according to the gospel, therefore I obey. I obey, therefore I am redeemed. But the good news of Jesus Christ reverses that and says, I am redeemed, therefore I obey. I obey, therefore I am considered righteous. But the gospel says, no, 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 there's not one that's righteous. No, not one. And our righteousness is as of filthy rags. But the good news of Jesus Christ, what he has done for us and continues to do for us, reverses that narrative and says, I have been made righteous in him, therefore I obey. So he starts what we know as chapter 12 with, therefore. He is pointing back to the last refrain of his doxology of praise that he ends chapter 11 with, where he says, for from him and through him in verse 36, and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Since all things are for the glory of God, we must respond to this by offering ourselves for his service for this kingdom purpose. The, the, the God's glory is our chief end. It is our prime, uh, uh, it's our prime motivation. It is, is, it is our prime uh, uh, um, consideration. The, 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 the God's glory, the glory of Jesus Christ, magnifying him in our lives, through our lives, is what should be our number one priority in all that we do, in our relationships, in our work, in, in our living. We should be focusing on the glory of God. The Bible tells us in Colossians, in all that we do in word and deed, do it as unto the Lord. Do it for the glory of the Lord. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues his message entitled, The Renewed Mind.